Hello, hello, hello. This is Sonia. And this is Christina. And this is the Say Nothing Podcast. There was this topic that I wanted to bring up is the makeup industry and how it kind of died down in my opinion because like in 2015 2016 it was all about the beauty gurus gurus and like makeup and buying makeup shit ton of makeup and now it's kind of i feel like that generation got a little older like like me The, the older i become the less makeup i use I think that those makeup tutorials are still out there. It's just your algorithm has changed on social media. No, like even like like the people that I used to watch, like say things like, "Oh, the beauty guru, uh, like uh, hype has died down." Like they they are saying this. Yeah, I do think there's so many other makeup artists out there, but it's all like the younger population now. I don't think the young population cares that much anymore. There are makeup artists out there, though. Like, I see it. I still have it on my algorithm, and I see makeup tutorials uh, all day long. I don't anymore. Yeah, it's all the algorithm, to be honest. Like, social media controls what you see, what you look at the most, you're going to see more of. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, lost interest in all that. I used to buy so much makeup I didn't ever used. Just because of watching those videos. And I remember when we lived together, you had like a million eyeshadow palettes. <laughs> I still have them. <laughs> in so many different colors. I still have them. I don't use them. Yeah. You know what? I think that it's because doing creative makeup with crazy eyeshadows. Time consuming. Nobody has time for that shit. And like, we don't really care anymore. Also, heavy makeup makes you look older. Crazy eyeshadow is definitely something that you do when you're younger 20s. Yeah. So anyways, ladies, if you want to look younger, stop using heavy makeup. Like all of this. Yeah. You will look like five, 10 years younger if you just you know dial it down a little bit yes it gets better as you age and we get more comfortable with ourselves i feel like is what it is Mm -hmm. the more comfortable you are with yourself the more you let your natural beauty shine now i'm thinking about all the makeup i used to put on my face man i looked fucking ridiculous yeah like everybody's different obviously and I think that the makeup industry is still out there. Like I go onto my Instagram feed and it's still like a bunch of look at this makeup tutorials. Oh God, I couldn't care less anymore. Yeah, it's just because you don't care and it's not in your algorithm anymore. You never look at it, so it doesn't show you it anymore. But it's like literally showing the same thing they showed like years ago. Exactly. How to contour your fucking all face. It's still happening. It's like a man's TikTok, Christina, is full of all sports or, or like all like baseball shit. It's because that's what they watch. Okay. When I go on my cat's Instagram page, all I see is cat videos. I don't see (laughs) anything else. That's the perfect page. So algorithm (laughs) controls what you see. What you look at, you will see more of. Yeah, I know that. I was just talking about how the older you get, the less makeup you wear, I think. Yeah. And that's facts. I saw, oh my God, I saw this TikTok of this woman who's 52 years old. She looked like she was 25. I follow her. I watch that bitches all of her videos. She's iconic. I know. Like, how is she 52 52? years old? That's what she says. No. She looks like she's 25. It's crazy. It's face tape. 
I don't know. You didn't watch enough of her videos. She's doing something. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, she shows before and after. Really? Right? Before, she's like 50 to, f- looks like a 52 year old woman, but after, she looks like a 25 year old girl. So basically, what she does, she uses a shit ton of like face tape. So she puts it here and like she ties it around her head. So it pulls it here. And then she uses it here and ties it around her neck. And so it pulls her chin and everything like that. And she does it on her forehead. So it pulls her forehead up. I mean, at that rate, instead of doing all this face tape, just get a fucking face lift. That, yeah. But maybe she just doesn't want to go under the knife. Yeah, but why are you going to put face tape on your face to look at one way? You're going to go on a date with a guy with a bunch of face tape. And then the next day he's going to see you with all That's these jowls. That's like a very like interesting yeah never gonna find a sustainable relationship if you're fake one second and then like yourself like the next day i feel Anyways, like i i like her videos i think she's great <laughs> i like her she farts in her videos all the time like really Ew. loudly she's like excuse me women <sighs> do not fart she's 52 we we sparkle oh okay <laughs> Anyways, I think she's funny. I like her. Okay, so another quick thing. So my dad shared this article on Facebook the other day that I read. Mm -hmm. And it was about how, you know, how society nowadays, like we've grown to just not trust strangers. Yeah, stranger danger. You know, research shows that when we talk to strangers and other people that we don't know, we become wiser, more knowledgeable. When we talk to people we don't know. Yeah, just like strangers. You know, we've grown up into this society where we think stranger danger. We've been told as we're growing up, don't talk to strangers. Okay, when you're a child, don't talk to strangers. If an adult stranger wants to talk to you, fucking run. Yeah, but like... An adult should not want to talk to a child if that is not his on the streets. That's literally what I'm talking about is how we've grown up. That's what we think. But as adults, if we're just always avoiding other strangers and like, oh, stranger danger. Oh, this man, I don't know. I'm not going to talk to him. Oh, this woman is like a stranger. I'm not going to talk to her. At our age, Christina, we need to get away from the stranger danger thing. And we need to start communicating with other people that we don't know because it's actually going to make us understand so many more human beings out there. It's going to widen our knowledge of how the human society works and we're going to become wiser. So basically you're saying that we are conditioned from early age when we were children to not talk to strangers and it kind of transfers to adulthood and that's why we don't talk to strangers when we are adults. Exactly. It's the conditioning that we grew up in. And I think it's kind of unhealthy to not talk to strangers. To just ice out everybody that we don't know. Yeah, in Vancouver, nobody talks to strangers, really. Yeah, and talking to strangers is like psychology says that we do become happier. Like, oh, like you pass by a stranger on the streets in a small town. You would say, hello, hello. You would just pass by and say hello. In the city, we don't do that. We don't talk to strangers. We like avoid them at all costs. And that does not make us happier. What about this scenario? If we had a community where we would just walk past people and we're like, hello, how are you today? Okay, well, oh, recently good, what, what's been happening is just like me walking down Yelltown and some dude passing by just like, what's up? What do you say to that? 
I mean, I would. <laughs> with my conditioning, I would just. You would start walking faster. I wouldn't even look at him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, either. I'd be like, ew. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, what I might. I, I think that we should do a social experiment, Christina. Oh, I'm always down for a good social experiment. And I think we should go for a walk in downtown Vancouver and say hello to everybody we pass. I think someone will call police on us. No. Just kidding. <laughs> if you walk past a person walking their dog, be like, good evening. I think that they would instantly. We say good evening to a dog and not the person. No, to the person. And I think, honestly, if someone just said good evening while walking past, not bothering you, I think they would instantly feel happier they're like, oh, someone said good evening to me. I've, that's so nice. Last week when I was drunk and I tried this uh, drink by Wagon Paul called Prime for the first time. Yeah, I, so I liked happy. it so much. <laughs> I came to every single stranger like, at, no, wait, 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 wait. The first stranger I I told to, to buy Prime was somewhere at the shop. And then we went <laughs> to a grocery store and I was like, did you guys see this? Oh, <laughs> And I was like telling people about Prime. I was like, yeah, you should try it. And everyone is like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, talking to strangers makes everybody happier because it's human connection. People are used to feeling alone. Some people out there on the street or like walking their dogs are so lonely and they haven't talked to a human being in like three hours. And someone saying good evening to them while they walk past, not bothering them. Not yeah, people stopping. like talking to me when yeah, I talk to them. Not stopping to talk, but just passing by and saying hello, good evening. But like, you know, I hope you're having a great day while walking past. That would instantly make someone feel happier and feel some form of connection. I think that we should all be starting to do this in the city. Like it would make everybody happier and we'd all be more connected as a society. People do that in smaller cities. Yeah. And we need to do that in the city. They do it in smaller cities because they see those people repetitively. I do that with people in my neighbors. I see my neighbors in my building and I'm like, oh, hello. You know, I have a little bit of a community in my building. But outside of my building, not so much. I see repeat people on the streets in the neighborhood. I should just start saying hello to them and then maybe you'll become friends with them. And then it's like more yeah, of a community. Yeah, and then you say hello to a crazy person and it's going to just open the door to something really uncomfortable. It, that's the like the big city life. You know what I mean? It's like you don't like you don't know who you're talking to. When you're in a small community, you know who's who, you know. But in a big city, like... Mm, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Obviously, though, like if it depends on the neighborhood you're in, like I wouldn't go to East, you know, downtown and start saying hello to people in crack. But <laughs> <laughs> like in my neighborhood, that so much more fun, though. So many cool conversations and uh, definitely not. No, I would never do that. But like in a safe neighborhood, I think we should start communicating with the people that we pass by. Just saying hi, have a great evening or good evening and just see what happens. I think that we would all become happier. Everybody would actually pass it on and do it to the next person. Well, let's do it, Sonia. Uh, you do it first and then we'll tell the podcast how it goes. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. No, I need to see it. I'll do it. Yeah. Watch me. 
And I just want to quote, humans may be social animals, but may not always be social enough for their own well-being. And that's a quote by Nicholas Epley and Juliana Scroder. That's true. That's absolutely true. Okay, speaking of society, I saw Elon Musk tweeted this thing on Twitter the other day, and he had a question. Okay, and I thought it was a very interesting question. What lesson took you the longest to unlearn do you already know the answer for to it for yourself <laughs> no <laughs> no i have to think about this too one lesson that we just talked about that i want to unlearn is not talking to strangers i'm still gonna be learning to unlearn that we haven't unlearned that yet she's asking about unlearning yeah ones that i've already unlearned and took the longest to unlearn. unlearning something especially if you learn something as a child is very very difficult when you're an adult um have i unlearned a lesson it's a real question <laughs> oh mm, yeah i know uh, i feel like one of the first ones the one that i'm thinking about is um I unlearned feeling obligated to say yes to everything. It. I remember like the pro- and I even noticed like I started saying no more often to people. So people start taking less advantage of me. You know, like how you have yes, like used to like when we were younger, we had those friends who would be like, oh, like can I like borrow this and that, like or like and you know they're never gonna return it, but you would still normally say yes. Yeah. But then you're like no. You know, that like that kind of thing took me st- stop saying yes to everything just to not be um, not be seen as like rude or. Yeah. Yeah. That's like probably took a long time, but it's manageable and you can definitely unlearn it. Yeah, I was going to actually the second you were saying that I was thinking about unlearning how to unlearning being a people pleaser. I think I I still actually do this though like I'm still trying to please people so but I'm I'm still learning it so that's why it's the longest to unlearn is because I don't want to disappoint people and that's the biggest thing for me I'm still learning but I'm getting better at this I'm learning how to disappoint people and that's a good thing for me like I'm learning to say no I'm learning to like put people down in a sense you know like turn them down tell them no be disappointing to them and not just want to please everybody because nowadays i just don't care what answer does elon musk give does he say anything he doesn't else give. he just asked the question let's but read what people say did you know that he bought twitter and walked into the headquarters with a sink yes to let it sink let in that <laughs> sink in <laughs> fucking savage i love that man <laughs> I wonder if he fired the CEO and CFO or did they just did did they just choose to leave, you know? The CFO who made the decision to ban Trump forever got fired immediately by him. <laughs> he was like, I've been keeping an eye on you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like you're the first to go. Okay, so the 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 tweet by Elon Musk saying what lesson took you the longest to unlearn? Breakfast is the most important meal of the oh day. Oh my god, that's so good, so good, so good. I agree 100%. And then somebody says, fasting has made my life two times more awesome. I like fasting. I hate breakfast. Breakfast is not the most important meal of the day. I think that lunch is. 
whenever you first the whenever whenever the like whenever you eat the first meal during the day that's considered like breakfast even if it's like at at night yeah because you're breaking the fast so whatever your first meal is doesn't matter what time it is whenever you break the fast i agree i agree let's shout out that person so shout out to lex friedman is he verified yeah he is oh i know this guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) gotcha okay move on (laughs) shout out lex friedman okay so another one Doctors know what they're doing because they went to medical school. Ooh, that's a good one. Doctors, doctors yeah, don't all know what they're doing. No. Sometimes that's why I need to get different opinions. The thing with doctors is they went to school, they got a medical degree, but do they all know how to treat a human? No, they know the science behind everything, but they don't always know the best approach to treat said medical condition. Oh my god. Oh, I'm now thinking about another one. Saying sorry all the time. Oh yeah. Fuck, I, I always don't say, say sorry. sorry anymore. I do all the time and I shouldn't. I try not to. Yeah, I'll start trying not to. Literally though, I think I've already stopped myself from doing that. Nowadays, instead of saying sorry, I say mm, I apologize, which is the same exact thing. Yeah, but I literally don't say sorry because I've trained myself now to not say sorry. <laughs> so instead of saying sorry, I've changed it to my apologies. But it's less sincere and it's less like it's less like pushovery to say like my apologies for my actions instead of i'm sorry continue with the answers another one is the government is here to help (laughs) believing what i hear on the news okay Okay, I have a, I have a, on another note, Christina, on Christina's personal notes, she had mentioned she wants to cancel her Disney membership. Christina, why are you wanting to cancel your Disney Plus membership? Because I saw a charge on my credit card for $13 and I don't remember last time I watched Disney Plus. Oh. So I have to cancel it. You know, there's good movies on there, like The Proposal. That's such a good movie. What is that? With uh, What's-Her-Face and Ryan Reynolds. That's a 2004 movie. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, I watched it many times, but I don't need to watch it again. I could watch that movie like 10 more times. All I need is Netflix. Uh, 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 uh. Even though it's not the best. It's not the best, but it's easy. Okay, first of all. The reason why I prefer Netflix to anything else is because Netflix is easier to navigate as a user. Crave is a fucking nightmare to navigate. There are so many glitches. There's The typing is a fucking headache. But Netflix is so user-friendly. Amazon Prime, again, too much shit going on, on the screen. Like, too much clutter. Yeah, but you not are easy to always going to keep Amazon Prime because you order so much shit off of Amazon. So, Amazon Prime, you're just going to have... I pay for Amazon Prime yearly. Yeah. So, that is already included. But out of all the platforms, the most... The, the platform I use the most, not because it's the best platform, not because they have the best content. No, the software is user-friendly. So the website True. is user-friendly. When I use it on the phone, it's user-friendly. When I use it on the TV, it's user-friendly. Easy, quick, 
and uh, to the point. Another great thing about Netflix is they're actually always adding new shows. Like so many new shows all the time. Like even every if month. they are crappy, even mm-hmm. if they're crap, I will still use Netflix because it's easy to use. Yeah, they're crap and they're good. Crave has so much good stuff, but they make you pay for everything. And I'm like, you guys... You first of all, you're shitty to you, you. It's so you not user friendly, and you make us pay like what almost fifty bucks for like all this extra shit. You know this thing on a, on a totally different topic. Yeah, this thing that I read the other day about have you heard about the term almond moms? No. Okay, so you know, have you ever did you ever watch the season of Real Housewives with Yolanda? Gigi Hadid's mom. Oh, when Gigi called her when she was modeling and said, "Mom, I'm so tired. Um, I feel sick. All I ate was half an almond." And she said, "Just eat, just eat half an almond." I, I told you I don't like this woman. Worst advice ever. I don't like that woman. I don't like her. I think she's faking her Lyme disease, but whatever. Allegedly. Yeah. So so basically an almond mom, what it is, it's a person who's stuck in diet culture. So our parents, like the parents of a certain generation, were always told they have to be skinny to be beautiful, right? So they made this term almond mom after Yolanda Hadid. Yeah. So okay. so Gigi said, I'm feeling really weak. I had like half an almond. And Yolanda's response was, have a couple of almonds and chew them really well. And that's how Almond Mom came to be. Yolanda, you know her defense to that when people were outraged about it? She made like a funny video about it, yeah. She just said she was like, oh, she was half asleep when Gigi had called. And she wasn't fully awake. She wasn't fully aware what was happening. Happening. And yeah, she did make a TikTok about herself snacking on almonds while doing a variety of activities, including yoga. And she hashtag worst mom ever and hashtag almonds. She's kind of bad. So that was kind of, you know, poking fun at herself, which is, you know, whatever. But the whole thing is that almond moms are like a person who's stuck in diet culture. And like they most likely grew up hearing phrases such as like, a moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips and you're not hungry you're just bored and they've they've like projected that onto their children because uh, when they grew up that was like the society where everybody was always like thin or they had to be thin to be beautiful which is so not what it is nowadays and they're projecting this fear onto their children which is a whole problem because it's not healthy like growing up now I think that if I were to have kids I would tell them like just to feed themselves nutrition like the specific nutritions that we need like protein fats carbs and like teach them about specific foods and their nutritions and like what's required in a diet to be healthy you know people would still that listen to this podcast and believe in terms like almond mom would listen to you speaking about it right now and would still call you an almond mom because just because you're talking about nutrition really and people yeah because like people like that they uh, I, I don't know like promote obesity in my opinion like Who? Be, you are healthy at every size they say no you're not 
you're absolutely not healthy at every size. Well, if you're nutritious, you'll be like an like a like a healthy weight. Exactly. So, but people like that that create terms like almond moms, they are the same people that say that you can be healthy at any weight. You know what I mean? So imagine a 300 pound person. Yeah. Or 600 pound person. Yeah. Are they healthy? No. Exactly. But the thing is, uh, like a 300 to 600 weight person wouldn't be eating nutritious foods. Exactly. Therefore, you cannot be healthy at any size. Yeah. Right. Who said that people are healthy at any size? Um, Mostly. Oh, you, you don't know. Okay. So. There's all this thing happening, especially on social media, when like um, fitness influencers and like people that are talking about diets are getting criticized for promoting diet culture that is uh, unhealthy in their opinion. And they say that you can be be you can be beautiful at any size, but they also say that you can be healthy at any size. Yeah. And being healthy at any size is simply not factual. And they even try to cancel doctors that are telling their patients to change their diet. Yeah. And I I think that people are like, if you're eating processed foods, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And you're not never, ever, ever going to be feeling energized Mm -hmm. and fully like functional. You can't just jump around and have fun and like go for a run you become moody yeah Yeah, unhappy depressed eating these processed foods and no healthy nutrients because you're going to be lacking specific nutrients if you're eating these processed foods so i don't agree with that i i don't think size really matters but i do think that nutrition matters and i do think that if you are nutritious eating nutritious foods that you will just naturally be the size you're supposed to be. Exactly. Health at every size is an approach to public health that seeks to de-emphasize weight loss as a health goal and reduce stigma towards people who are overweight or obese. So I'm just saying (sighs) that I think Mm. we should focus more on eating nutritious foods and less about size. I'm not saying that any size is healthy. I'm just saying if you eat nutritious foods, you will be a healthy size. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. But the, you see how it doesn't make any sense to you? So they, these people, health at any size community, which is which consists of normally very obese people. Yeah. They say you can be healthy at any size. Eat that cake, girl. Go yeah, at cake's it. Cake's not like, going to make you healthy. <laughs> no, like, they're like, you can still be healthy at any size. My my results are like, um, the, uh, like uh, I have great blood results and I am 300 pounds. I'm like, I want to see those blood results, really. But So, okay, blood results are not the deep dive into health. Yeah. Honestly, blood results will give you kind of like the outskirt um, like the outside of like your of what your nutrients you're consuming. However, are they checking the liver function? Are they mm-hmm. checking like brain function, your gut function? Uh-huh. Like, are they checking all the organs, or is it just the blood that's running through your veins? Like, 
there's every little thing has a different impact on your health just because you have a good blood levels and like good vitamin level in your bloods doesn't mean you're healthy there could be other organs that are lacking and not functioning properly yeah so anyways it's funny how you can't even like grasp your mind around this concept of being healthy at any size i i i I like how it doesn't make any sense to you no it what do you mean exactly (laughs) (laughs) anyways i just don't think you ever heard about this i i think the reason why i'm struggling finding words for this is because there's such a culture right now of body positivity so it's a very sensitive subject yeah exactly however with body positivity i do believe size does not matter but nutrition does and i do think that people need to cut out processed foods they need to eat whole healthy foods and in turn they will naturally be healthier and have a more healthy weight so you know exactly that's common sense right fact check that yeah that's common sense but if you say that on tick if you make a tiktok just saying that like that sentence you will get so many fat comments oh <laughs> you will get so many hate comments just by saying this I know. from all these body positivity f- uh, people and people that say that you can be healthy at any size yeah it's actually kind of fucked up yeah it is no the society now is so woke they don't <laughs> hear what they don't want to hear exactly why but but like the best way for you to change your life and like finally get your shit together is by opening your eyes to things and like finally like owning up to your own shit instead of blaming everybody around you those people that say eat your cake girl they're gonna have diabetes in five years well maybe not five years but like maybe someone who's obese you know shouldn't be encouraged that it's uh, like told that it's totally fine for your health like i, oh, I don't know they're gonna die earlier their lifetime frame is gonna be like till 70 years instead of 90. you know there was this doctor that said when was the last time you saw a 70 year old obese person literally all oh, old people God. are normal size there are no obese people after like 60 65 70 years old oh my god you just blew How, my when mind was the last time you saw an obese old person i don't know i've never seen one i, I have never <laughs> never they're like like man they have a belly and like but they they can be a little chubby but not like 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 300 obese. 400 yeah. 500 pounds they're usually like 50 at most 60 maybe where do these where do they all go after like 50 55 60 where do they all go i wonder that's a crazy question wow you just blew my mind thanks okay reminder everybody just eat cut cut the process shit out this is serious no honestly we uh though i do think we all need to have balanced diets we shouldn't restrict ourselves if you want to go have cake once a month or once every two months do it but not every day not every week not every two weeks once a month max i think you should be eating cake i don't think i've never even seen it in like an obese like 50 year old never not even on tv they're all like young they're always younger they're all like in her in their 40s maximum max 
where where do they go or maybe they just don't get photographed or videotaped because they're so horrified by their appearance that's just so depressing no i don't think in uh, they'll die of depression i think it's um i think they're just not you know with us anymore that's it i like your socks by the way this is a public service announcement (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just a reminder everybody eat healthy exercise be healthy individuals and you will live long healthy lives and you'll be there for your grandchildren your grandchildren's children anyways anyways you know what i read recently (laughs) that actually glass balls can bounce higher than rubber ones does that make any sense to you (laughs) don't you think a glass ball would just crash like crack (laughs) like boom crackle bam it's gone forever into shards of glass what is the other option rubber balls rubber balls are more durable for sure but they're saying that glass balls can bounce higher why would they bounce if it's glass this is bounce higher glass doesn't bounce it it just shatters i wonder if it means the glass shards will bounce (gasps) maybe (laughs) so they wrote an article about it yeah, there is a whole article about it. I'm not going to read the article. I'm just Oh, saying. you only read the title. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's like, you know what? Did you know the gl- glass balls jump higher than freaking plastic balls? And I'm like, okay, what is the physics? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Anyways, that was Say Nothing Podcast. And um, I'm sorry for... we offended you but um, also not sorry thank you so much for listening Bye. bye